Donald Trump's legal troubles with special counsel Jack Smith have reached new heights as we learn that Jack Smith has recordings. Yep, Jack Smith has recordings of Donald Trump talking about classified documents he took involving Iran weapon systems and plans by the United States military to attack Iran. Trump was recorded, guess who, by his own aide during a meeting that took place in Bedminster in New Jersey in July 2021. So all eyes turned to Bedminster and now... Not surprisingly, there is total chaos among Donald Trump's lawyers, each accusing the other lawyer of being a snitch. There are lawyers leaving the legal team mega. Make attorneys get attorneys. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis were in Iowa today competing for who is a more vile and bigger fascist. As bad as Trump was and looked today, Ron DeSantis is clearly unwell. I mean, not only is he just not ready for prime time, but like it's like a very disturbed individual. And there seems to be something like seriously wrong with this man. We will break down what took place in Iowa and down in Florida in deep red areas of that state. There's something very interesting happening, a revolt against Republicans' ridiculous anti-woke policies is taking place before our eyes because guess what? It's causing problems. A mass exodus of teachers are resigning from schools. They don't have teachers anymore. There is chaos in the school district. We'll show you what went down in one such school board meeting that just took place in Hernando County, Florida this past week. Another day, another MAGA Republican slash Putin conspiracy theory being laundered through MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives. The last one, after all of the whistleblowers just disappeared, MAGA Republicans all the way up to Kevin McCarthy are threatening to hold FBI Director Christopher Wray in contempt of Congress for not producing a document in response to a subpoena. But guess what? It turns out that this document, well, it was previously turned over by Rudy Giuliani to Bill Barr in 2020 as part of a tranche of documents which originated from a Russian asset who was later arrested for treason in Ukraine at the start of the war for helping Vladimir Putin. This document is quite literally Russian disinformation, and the MAGA Republicans are using the accusation by Russia to defame President Biden and to hold a Republican-appointed FBI director in contempt. Finally, the bipartisan debt ceiling bill was passed in the House of Representatives with more Democrats than Republicans voting for it. The final vote was 314 to 117. MAGA Republicans, many of them at least, are now calling to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. So, of course, 
Kevin McCarthy, he's got to throw some red meat to his base. But like modern day MAGA Republican red meat is so deranged. So you know what this means? <laughs> well, they got to selectively release more cherry picked January 6th surveillance footage from the Capitol building to extremist right wing media. They got a call to abolish the FBI. This party is un freaking recognizable. And the debt ceiling bill now heads to the Senate where it is expected to pass and then to President Biden's desk to be signed into law before the June 5th deadline in this crisis that was manufactured by MAGA Republicans. This is the Midas Touch Network. Jordy, sorry to say, is off for the night. Must be nice. Must be nice. Happy (laughs) Prime. Uh, (laughs) happy pride month by the way happy pride month um something we obviously are big supporters of here at the midas touch network and on another (laughs) note we've got a special treat for you at the end of this episode and i mean like make sure you stick around for the end because i've almost never i'm so excited for this moment at the end of what we're gonna show people I'm so excited. It's going to be a big unveiling, and we're not even going to tease exactly what it is. Y'all are just going to have to stick around. Uh, you know, I'm going to miss Jordy today. I'm not going to lie. I know I know the Midas Mighty are going to miss Jordy as well, but the show must go on. Everybody needs a day off now and then, right, Ben? But it's great to be here. You know, happy Pride to everybody. I think this year... Pride Month takes on even more meaning than normal. We're seeing just all of these attacks on marginalized communities across the country, attacks that have now been mainstreamed by the likes of the Republican Party and Fox News and others. And it's just been really horrifying to see this shift from such major uh, people in power uh, trying to strike down the marginalized people in this country. So Pride Month to me, takes on a whole other meaning this month, and we need to stand strong. We need to be protecting everybody in this country, no matter what our beliefs are, no matter who we are. And I think that should be an American value that we should all be here to protect. And and speaking of people in power who are wielding their power for nefarious purposes, Ben, I'm starting to begin to think that these Republicans are not exactly on the up and up when it comes to the things they put forward, when they, when they try to throw everything at the wall and, and see what sticks. I mean, you see the latest with what's going on with these sham investigations one after the next. It's just, I'm starting to notice a pattern is all, is all I'm saying here. You mean the pattern that they freaking lie about every single thing? Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we've been reporting in all of our past episodes, their first strategy is like, let's come up with these fake whistleblowers and just say that we're getting this information about President Biden because they have no ideas. Like, they didn't pitch to people, yo, we're going to help you. (laughs) If you elect us, you know, we're going to try to fight for better jobs. We're going to try to make sure you can make more money. We're going to try to make sure that you pay less taxes. We're going to try to make sure that you've got health care and that it's more affordable and we're going to lower prescription drug prices, right? That's not the things that they ran on. They just ran on an agenda of hate. We are going to punish. We are going to go after. And then you have to govern. 
You have to govern. This is a serious task. And so the MAGA Republicans, they manufacture this debt ceiling crisis to try to destroy our economy if their demands are not met. President Biden handled it cool and calm. Was this a perfect bill? Absolutely not. But do you have to govern? Yes, were most of President Biden's priorities maintained? Yep. Even certain areas where requirements, the, the, the cruel policies of MAGA Republicans to add more work requirements to programs like SNAP were increased from certain ages from 49 to 54. It turns out the way President Biden actually negotiated the overall eligibility increase, so 78,000 more Americans per month now qualify for these programs. So President Biden did a great job, right? But what are MAGA Republicans, just to give you a sense of their priorities, right? After this bill is negotiated and because of the deal, Marjorie Taylor Greene had to cut with Kevin McCarthy so that she could get this position on all of these like top committees and she can preside as the de facto speaker of the house. Just these are their priorities. Just so you know, she laid them out to, and by the way, the MAGA people are not buying this at all. They're calling her a rhino now, but just give you a These are the most transparent people on the planet. They know that the MAGA base, that they have cultivated this hatred in over the course of years and years and years. And they built up these completely unrealistic expectations of what they were going to do when they got into power. Because like you were getting at before, the entire ideology of this Republican Party is simply destruction. They want to blow everything up at the expense of the American people. They want to burn the whole country down. They want to destroy the woke. They want to destroy marginalized groups. Their whole thing is destroy, destroy, destroy. And once you get into power and you're faced with the realities of governing, all of a sudden you realize that issues are a bit more complex and they are unable to do anything except throw red meat to their base. So they completely just got outmaneuvered entirely in this negotiation with President Biden. The MAGA base was incredibly furious at Kevin McCarthy because, to be honest, they would have been furious at Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans had they done anything short of destroying the economy because that's what MAGA wants. They want to destroy the country. So immediately following, Marjorie Taylor Greene was one of the people who decided that she was going to back Kevin McCarthy in this. Normally, you would think Marjorie Taylor Greene evolved. She'd be the person who goes against the establishment and and stands with the MAGA base. But what we're learning Every step of the way is that Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's crazy. She believes in QAnon. She spreads all these conspiracy theories. But at the end of the day, she is a product of Washington, D.C. She has also become the swamp that she once fought against. And now to try to appease her MAGA base, who is furious at her, Ben did an excellent video earlier of some of the responses, and we have some of them here, which we'll show you in a bit. But the MAGA base is furious and Marjorie Taylor Greene for supporting this debt ceiling bill, for supporting Kevin McCarthy. So Marjorie Taylor Greene took to Twitter, and these were uh, her ideas of what she was going to do next. Ben, if you want to read them off. Uh, let me just say this too, though. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, everything they say is projection. So let's be very clear, though. They've always been the swamp when they talk about the deep state. That is 
self-referential. That is them <laughs> saying that they want to plant people in government to try to undermine everything they say. Is they have this committee on the weaponization of the federal government. They wouldn't be using that to weaponize the federal government themselves against their enemies, right? I mean, that would be a little too on the, on the nose here. So so this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene says. All right, all right, all right. We, we now pass <laughs> this debt ceiling bill. So here's what we do next now is, is what she says. Here are the priorities, okay? Punish Dr. Fauci, Peter Strzok, James Comey, and John Brennan by defunding their retirement. The nerve. Just terminate <laughs> all government-funded COVID vaccine programs. Disband the 87,000 IRS army. Like this is this is like this list is literally insanity. <laughs> okay, just let's keep going. Take down Biden's domestic terror units in the FBI, DOJ, and Homeland Security that target conservatives. Like this looks like the freaking Unabomber wrote this. Like, yeah. like <laughs> this is like a list like Timothy McVeigh and the Unabomber wrote. Like, punish every switch it goes. Punish everyone mentioned in the Durham report for pushing the Trump-Russia hoax. It's just like blatantly fascist. Like you do realize that John Durham's whole entire role was to investigate things and make recommendations if people committed crimes who to punish for those crimes. So he didn't make the recommendations to punish anyone. In fact, the only two cases that he brought to trial to punish them because guess what? Our system has what's called the due process clause. Hmm. People are entitled to due process. He lost in humiliating fashion. It's like, let's just punish. If their names appear in a freaking report, let's punish them. Here's our next one. Cut funding for all green New Deal projects. Defund sanctuary cities. Cancel funding for the FBI's new headquarter in Virginia. Yeah, yeah, you're going to show the FBI by canceling their funding. Defund the ATF programs that violate the Second Amendment. Hold FISA courts accountable for spying on over 278,000 Americans. So going back to my original point, not one of these things, despite the fact even that these things are just completely crazy, they're all rooted in conspiracy, they're all authoritarian in nature, not one of these things is an agenda that delivers for the people that, hey, we're going to be focused on your jobs. We want to help the farmers. We want to help the construction workers. We want to help the teachers. We want to help all hardworking Americans. How about we start with not a red X with these things? How about we start with you know a nice little <laughs> green bullet point of let's help people Okay, let's make people have better access to healthcare. Let's make sure if they get sick in the United States of America, they get treated for that. Let's make sure that we protect our veterans. Like, think about the list that Democrats would have right now. Yeah. Here's like, if you were to say, look at this thing, here's President Biden's priorities, right? It would be like, how do we help veterans? How do we make sure we protect people and make sure everyone's equal and give everybody equality? How do we make sure that people get better paying jobs? How do we make sure we lower prescription? That would be our agenda. So it's all punish, terminate, take down, destroy the funding. You know, it is all destruction based. So Brett, going back to the original point. So what do they have to do? They have to come up now 
with these conspiracy theories and now distract people by, oh, we've got these super secret whistleblowers. And they sound like such morons when they talk about it. Like when James Comer is giving interviews, he's like, yeah, you know, we got these super secret. This is super secret, double secret, top secret spy business that we're dealing with. So that's why we can't let you know who, who these whistleblowers are. And now all of a sudden the whistleblowers, they've disappeared. They're, they're either in jail or they just disappeared. They always happens. Because they're, they're scared. So after all of the whistleblowers disappeared, because that's their only agenda, coming up with fake whistleblowers to attack Biden, they have a new one, right? They knew, because they're all freaking criminals, that Rudy Giuliani back in 2020 gave Bill Barr a bunch of like Russian propaganda and a bunch of documents that Bill Barr didn't even want to touch. Like Bill Barr wanted to make sure that this went nowhere near because Bill Barr, despite being completely corrupt, he at least pursues his corruption with some level of like uh, purpose, even though it's corrupt purpose. And he's like, yo, these documents are so crazy. It's going to screw over all of my other evil agenda. So like, can we remove these documents? But the Republicans were like, oh yeah, I think there in one of these documents, there's this form, FD-1023, you know, and they always love these names because it sounds complicated. It's an FD-1023 form that the FBI has in its possession from, you know, a whistleblower or for someone who has it. We can't find the whistleblower, so let's get the FD-1023 point. So they send a subpoena to Christopher Wray. Uh, the FBI director, who they pretend is a Democrat. Okay, he's not a freaking Democrat. He was appointed by Donald Trump. Christopher <laughs> Ray is as big of a Republican as so. They act like this Christopher Ray guy is like protecting Biden and is a lifelong Democrat. He's a Republican. He's Trump's guy, and they send this subpoena asking for this document. And the reason this document would not be just produced publicly is because. It is a foreign asset document. It is it is the fruit of the poisonous tree. It is literally criminal documents. You don't just produce it. Also, it's an accusation. Anybody, you can file an FD-1023 form. It doesn't mean it is a substantiated allegation. So if you start just releasing FD-1023 forms in general, everybody would be defamed. You just write an FD-1023, you ask the FBI for it, and all of these accusations that are unsubstantiated just get released, thereby depriving people of due process. So they go, we're going to go after you, Christopher Ray, for contempt. And Christopher Ray's like, yo, do you know what this document is? Like, do you realize where this document even comes from? It comes from someone named Victor Medvedchuk, who used to be a, a member of parliament in Ukraine, but one of the Putin allied ones, someone who was arrested for high treason for supporting Vladimir Putin before Russia unlawfully invaded Ukraine. So Medvedchuk back in 2020, funneled this to Giuliani to turn over to the DOJ to attack President Biden in actually weaponizing the DOJ. So that's this document that they are all talking about that now the MAGA Republicans want to hold Christopher Wray in contempt for not turning over the document. So Christopher Wray was like, look, if you want to take a look at this document, I can show it to you pursuant to normal protocol when we're dealing with documents from foreign assets. We can show it to you in a sensitive compartmented information facility, a SCIF, and then he showed it to them. But guess what? After you show it to them, they don't care. 
They and they and they say it. Look, here's MAGA Republican Chuck Grassley giving an interview admitting that we're not interested. We don't care if it's true. Here, play this clip. And we aren't interested in uh, whether or not the accusations against Vice President Biden are accurate or not. We're in responsible for making sure the FBI does its job. And uh, that's what we want to know. Okay, Senator, let and, me stop uh, you there. You, you just said you read the document. Is that right? Yes. Then what did it say? Well, I'm not going to characterize it. That's not exactly where I would stop him there. I go, let me stop you there. <laughs> You're saying you don't care if it's true? Huh? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we have the Republican Party literally funneling Kremlin propaganda through Rudy Giuliani and trying to use it to take down an American president by innuendo. It's uh, if it's not criminal, it certainly should be criminal. And this is what we've seen them do consecutive. We've seen them do it over and over and over again. And I think even Republicans are kind of starting to catch on. You know, when you see the comments to a lot of these people when they post these sorts of claims, they're like, "Well, are you going to do something or are you just going to keep uh saying there's a whistleblower and then the next day it goes away. It's how often can you be duped before you realize that you are a mark and the Republican Party treat their voters like they are morons. And if the voters had any sort of self-respect, they'd go, why are you, why you can't keep lying to me? Like there's such obvious lies. Do you remember Ben? Like we could go down the list. It was like not even that long ago. It was a few weeks ago when you had Nancy Mace and Marjorie Taylor Greene. The big thing was we have bombshell evidence, President Biden running a human sex trafficking ring. This is unbelievable that when this comes out, that peters away, right? Then there was the earlier whistleblower. Whistleblower is going to take down the Biden administration. All of a sudden, that whistleblower disappeared conveniently before there were going to be hearings, before they had to show any sort of evidence. There were the Hunter Biden papers. Tucker Carlson spent two weeks hyping up the Hunter Biden paper that was going to bring down Joe Biden's presidency. And then they get to the big night of the big reveal and oh, the papers got lost in the mail. They, had the, they got lost in the mail. Then there were the other whistleblowers from a few weeks ago uh, who also went missing. Then there were the whistleblowers who had the so-called fake, the fake whistleblowers who showed up at Congress. The ones who we found out were viewed as like a threat to the United States of America by the FBI and they were fired because they were actual insurrectionists. Those were the people who they ended up getting in front of Congress. And now they've moved on to this document, the super secret document that literally comes from Russians in Ukraine who were arrested on suspicion of treason and traded back to Russia in prison in prisons prisoner swaps within the past year. That is the caliber of whistleblower. <laughs> I mean, and they and they'll come up with another one next week. Like this is their plan. They do it. They get the headlines. They have New York Post run the front page story. They admit it's all bullshit. They move on to the next one. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Chuck, Chuck Grassley didn't just stop there. Though. Should we play the other Chuck Grassley moment from this? Yeah, play the other Chuck Grassley moment where he goes, well, it's uh, it's just accusations. <laughs> Senator, how damning is this document to the sitting U.S. president? Well, it's uh, I, I, I don't know that. And but that's you, what we but need you've to, read it. I read it. Uh, let's put it this way. There's accusations in it, but uh, that's uh, it's not for me to make a judgment about whether these accusations are accurate or not. Again, it, it, we. <laughs> 
you you can't just talk about a thing that is completely false. And Brett, you referenced this before. I just want to highlight it. The where these documents originated from, Viktor Medvedchuk, who was arrested by Ukraine for high treason. He's such an important Putin asset that Putin demanded that he be traded back as part of one of the most high-profile prisoner swaps in the war. That this is the individual who modern day MAGA Republicans, people who are in the House of Representatives, they're using this freaking document and they're going on a news network and they're talking about this. I want to show you, this is what Sean Hannity, even Sean Hannity wasn't really buying it. I mean, he doesn't buy it. I mean, look, Sean Hannity, just like all these Fox idiots, they know it's an op. They know that they are engaged in a psychological operation against the United States of America for money. We know that because we've seen their text messages. Behind the scenes, they freaking laugh at their viewers. Imagine being a Fox viewer who believes in all of this stuff and and you know you're getting screwed over you know these republicans are literally picking your freaking pockets and giving tax cuts to billionaires for their freaking private jets and yachts and all you believe is is, is all of this stuff and behind the back behind your back Sean Hannity's calling you a moron and an idiot in these text messages <laughs> like like he is and by by the way this is how Hannity this is what Hannity's conversation with James Comer, James Comer, the MAGA Republican who runs the House Oversight Committee, who's basically one of the main people who launders this disinformation. Here, watch this. Let's talk about your call earlier today with the FBI Director Christopher Wray, along with uh, Senator Chuck Grassley. Um, and you have been asking and demanding that they turn over this 1023 form. Uh, Director Wray acknowledged that they have it. He would produce it for you in private. Um, let, let me ask you about this, because my understanding of a 1023 is, is pretty simple, is that it is a allegation. You and Senator Grassley believe it's a credible allegation based on the individual whistleblower that brought it to your attention. OK, I tend to trust you, too. Uh, however, the question I have is, are we going to start releasing all 1023s publicly? It, would that result in an invasion of privacy or the potential of making accusations against people that they have not fully corroborated? And why not take advantage of the FBI director's offer to see it in like a private skiff or whatever, you know, whatever area he deems secure? Well, to, to answer that question, Sean, he, he offered us the opportunity to come look at it in a private chip, but he, he was going to redact it. First off, first off, it's not called a chiff. Okay. <laughs> it's a skiff. It's not a chiff. Like you're literally the head of the House Oversight Committee. It's not a chip. Okay. I mean, that that's number one. Um, and, and, and number two, just like just the complete and utter buffoonery there. But here's the thing as they moved on, you have to think like, I would never want you to think like, like one of these MAGA Republican leaders, <laughs> but they think if we now just talk about this form, and this is why they've gotten the strategy. Okay, FD 1023. So people know about subpoenas and people know about like the legal process at a high level. So if what comes out is that we subpoenaed the FBI for a document and the document says something, then we could tell people that there's truth in it. So what they're trying to do here is take complete disinformation from Vladimir Putin, 
launder it through the FBI and then try to give it legitimacy by saying this was a document that the FBI had, but not saying, no, this is a document that comes from an enemy of the United States seeking to overthrow our democracy. And it is merely the wild ranting and raving accusations of one of Putin's assets who's trying to destroy our country. They don't say that. And then the hits keep on coming in. Like, And again, a lot of we're seeing this right now is because MAGA Republicans um, and ultimately Kevin McCarthy, rather, Kevin McCarthy passed this debt ceiling bill or got it through. So now they've just got to go extra crazy. Right. They got to like they're desperate. They, they got to appease MAGA. They got to go. They got to wag the, the keychain in front of their voters eyes and get them distracted. They got to, as I said at the movie <laughs> up, they got to scream squirrel, squirrel, squirrel and get them distracted because they don't want them paying attention to the debt ceiling bill, which is wildly unpopular with the MAGA base. They've stoked this MAGA fire and now they are getting burnt by it. And you got to expect that to happen. So they want to try to just distract their voters completely. And so the next thing that they have in mind is they're going back to the January 6th footage. We're going to get the real truth out there. America is going to see what really happened on January 6th. And then they try to play these same games that they played when Kevin McCarthy released it. If you remember, he released it to Tucker Carlson uh, when Tucker Carlson uh, was on Fox. It feels nice without Tucker on Fox, I, I will say, uh, as an aside. And if you remember what Tucker Carlson did was he took like 45 seconds of the footage showing the QAnon shaman like walking down a hallway and was like, look, he was being it was all peaceful. It was all it was a big peaceful event. Why didn't they show this? Meanwhile, it's like all like the DOJ has the January 6th footage. The defense of the insurrectionists has been given the January 6th footage so they can make their defense to it. Guess what? We all saw what happened on January 6th. We all know what happened, but they're still insistent on on pushing this completely BS narrative that it was infiltrated by the FBI and they were Antifa, but also the ones that got arrested are Trump supporters and they're political prisoners. It's it, it it's none of it makes sense. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene is now on her next mission here to push these lies. And so she's decided that she's going to now turn over the footage to true two Trump propagandists, this guy, John Solomon and Julie Kelly. These are the people who she is giving the footage to so that they could pull the same dumb moves that Tucker did, you know, show, show a person walking down the hallway and say, oh, what, what, what was wrong with that? What, would, what, what was wrong with that? You guys might remember the John Solomon guy. He's, you know, all he does is just, you know, clown. Trump's the best. Trump's amazing. He's this guy um, he's for, for the guy. He's he's like the biggest I clown think that on this the is going to help Donald Trump. Yeah, well, I like, think it'll help him. That's how. <laughs> yeah. And literally, if, if you even like read the guy's Wikipedia page, like this, this is who Marjorie Taylor Greene gave our sensitive January 6th footage to. Uh, in recent years, he has been accused of magnifying small scandals, creating fake controversy and advancing conspiracy theories. During the Trump presidency, he advanced Trump-friendly stories, including questioning reporting that women who had accused Trump of sexual harassment had also sought payments from partisan political donors and questioning the legitimacy of criminal charges against Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. He also played an important role in advancing conspiracy theories about unproven allegations of wrongdoing 
doing in Ukraine by Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Solomon's stories about the Bidens influenced Trump's fruitless attempts to pressure Ukrainian President Zelensky into publicly launching an investigation into the elder Biden, an attempt that led to Trump's first impeachment. So that's who Marjorie Taylor Greene decided to uh, give the footage to. And now she's pushing a new theory that, oh, the, it's actually the FBI, they they honeypotted the supporters and and they went out there and the FBI made, they made the poor Trump supporters act violent and they made the Trump supporters uh, attack the Capitol. Should we play the, the honeypots clip, Ben? Let's, let's yeah, check. play the clip. You see, this should never happen. The federal government should never be weaponized against the people and set up honeypots and traps to draw people in and, and actually take part in making these people commit crimes and then framing the people to set up a narrative against a president. It's wrong. And I believe that's what happened on January 6th. You know, it's fascism meets idiocracy. And the obvious way to highlight that is the fascism there. But let's talk about the idiocracy. Like she does not even know the words that she's saying. Like I, I perhaps she looked up the word honeypot once and then confused <laughs> honeypot with honey trap. Like I don't know that she's, she's not even saying anything that means anything. Like just so you know, like what is a honeypot? A honeypot is a computing term, and a honeypot is a computer security mechanism set to detect, deflect, or in some manner counteract attempts at unauthorized use of information systems. There's something called physical honeypots, real machines with its own IP addresses. This machine simulates behaviors modeled by the system, and virtual honeypots. The use of these types of honeypot allow one to install and simulate hosts on the network from a different operating system. Now, how a honeypot had anything to do with January 6th, very confusing to me. But I think she was she using goes, it as it was used in the uh, Seth Rogen movie, The Interview, where they use the term honeypot to describe uh, their mission um, in the movie. About well, I think that she means honey trap, an informal scheme in which a victim is lured into a compromising sexual situation to provide an opportunity for blackmail. Okay, so that's what is actually to blame, according to the MAGA Republicans, is that the FBI had a scheme where they lured all of these MAGA incels into compromising sexual acts on January 6th. <laughs> and that's how and that is how you've got the insurrection, uh, ladies and uh, and gentlemen. Wow. We still have a lot to discuss here on the Midas Touch Network. And we got to show you what went down in Iowa, what went down in New Hampshire with Trump and DeSantis. It is, again, fascism meets idiocracy. We'll take a quick break. Have you heard of senescent cells, also known as zombie cells? These old worn out cells, they no longer serve a useful function for our health, wasting our energy and our nutritional resources. These zombie cells tend to accumulate in our bodies as we age, leading to the aches, slow workout recoveries, and sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Now our sponsor, Neurohacker, packs seven of the most science-backed senolytic ingredients into one formula called Qualia Senolytic. And you can take it just two days a month for fast, noticeable benefits for a much better aging process. Senolytic ingredients are science-backed to support our body's natural elimination of the zombie cells. Now my body and energy levels feel about 15 years younger after just a couple of months of adding Qualia Senolytic to my diet. I love how easy it is to 
take and having more physical and mental energy for my family and friends is such a win. And how I show up for my family and those I love, they really notice the difference. My productivity has doubled. I feel invigorated and enthusiastic again with the daily drive and enthusiasm to get things done. The formula, it's non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. So you have almost three months to try Qualia Synalytic at no financial risk and decide for yourself. If you're in your late 20s or older, adding Qualia Synalytic to your diet can play a crucial role to combating negative aging symptoms. Go to neurohacker.com slash Midas Touch for up to 50% off Qualia Synalytic. And for those listeners of Midas Touch, Use the code Midas Touch at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash Midas Touch to try Qualia Senolytic with code Midas Touch and start your aging on your terms. We've got pride. Do you? We're celebrating Pride Month with a brand new collection of tanks, v-necks, and more. Go to store.midastouch.com right now and grab yours. Oh, and don't forget that koozie. We are live here on the Midas Touch podcast. Ben and Brett Micellis. Jordy, See, Jordy is, can't join us live. He joins us pre-recorded with the ads. That's not. That's not. That's not too bad. Not too bad at all. But what was so very, very bad and so very, very tiny was the tiny, tiny crowd in Iowa where Donald Trump spoke today. This is the crowd for all of our audio podcast uh, listeners. You got to check out our YouTube. We'll just describe it. It was a very, very, very small crowd and the the demographic, let's just say, skewed slightly older, um, slightly older and, and let's say not very diverse. But you can paler. check it out on our on our YouTube. Mm-hmm. So let's think about what were the main issues Donald Trump talking about here at this rally that looks like there were thirty people, thirty people in. Um, Donald Trump's first big position was just kind of wondering how he got more votes than his first election, but still lost. He doesn't necessarily realize the way elections quite work. Here, play this clip. Uh, As an example, Barack Hussein Obama, Obama got substantially less votes in his second term, and he won. We got more votes than anybody's ever gotten. We didn't win. Explain that. I can explain it, okay? The problem is the fake. Imagine again, like, I I would have to assume that the audience here should care about things like that President Biden's fighting for. I'd have to imagine that the programs that President Biden has fought to protect, like Social Security and Medicare and making sure you could lower prescription drug prices and making insulin available for very, very cheap. I have to imagine that those things for this audience has actually helped their lives. But the real focus here for them is how Donald Trump doesn't realize that you could lose an election um, and he's still wondering how he lost the 2020 election. Like, just think about it. It is at some levels what the MAGA Republican right-wing fascist ecosystem has created. Like, from just a purely kind of psychological analysis of the situation here. Everybody in this room has been significantly hurt by the man speaking before them. Like like their lives have been injured significantly and will be injured in the future. And he's up there talking about 
how whiny he is about losing in 2020 and how jealous he is of Barack Obama. Meanwhile, on the other side, you've got President Joe Biden, who every single day has not only fought for these people, but actually like delivered results for them, tangible things that they all use every day. And yet they go to this thing and they call it the conservative club. Like it just goes to show you how brainwashing can like actually work and how we really have to just roll up our sleeves to convey information in a way that large media networks fail them. So, so what else is he talking about, right? You know, clearly he's then moved on to talk about issues that must matter to this crowd. Like, is he talking about the price of insulin? Is he going to talk about benefits for veterans? Is he is he going to talk about how you can make sure that there's accessibility for them at hospital? Like, is he going to talk about those things? Nope. On to Ashley Babbitt, a freaking terrorist, an insurrectionist who was part of the violent mob screaming, F the police, F the police. In a report by the Capitol Police, they said that by stopping Ashley Babbitt, it's unfortunate they had to shoot and kill her, but it is also equally unfortunate that she became a terrorist that day and an insurrectionist and tried to break in to kill lawmakers. The Capitol Police said they saved lives by stopping Ashley Babbitt, but here Donald Trump's next issue to this crowd right here is focused on, let's spread more lies about Ashley Babbitt. And let's say, even though it's actually on videotape, what happened? Let's say what she was doing was actually trying to hold people back. Play this clip. Donald Trump is speaking at the West Side Conservative Breakfast in Urbandale, Iowa, right now. Let's watch. What happens to these people? And then you look at what they've done to the January 6th people. They've destroyed them and destroyed their lives. And a lot of them didn't even go into the building. It was a disgrace. What's going on? That is a disgrace. That's, that's going to go down in history, ultimately. And Ashley Babbitt was killed, shot by, uh, in my opinion, a rogue cop. He had no business doing that. He shot her unarmed. And actually, people say she was trying to hold back the people that were pushing her forward. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was the one that was killed. She was the one that was killed. And uh, they like to say five people. That's the truth is. And there happened to be somebody else also in addition to Ashley. But Ashley Babbitt was a big supporter of everybody in this room. And, and uh, by every account, she was an incredible person and a great patriot. And he shot her like, uh, just like he had no problem. And then how is Ashley Babbitt a big supporter of everybody in, in that? Like, like it, it is such a uh, d depressing and distressing study of human nature that you could have a room that you can just call yourself conservative when you're clearly not. You stand there and the main issue you talk about to this crowd is an insurrectionist and spread conspiracy theories that support the insurrectionists and, and not deliver anything for this group of people. But they just they, they love the hate that you spew. It speaks to exactly what you were saying before about the people in the room, that these are people who are actually incredibly hurt by Donald Trump and hurt by Donald Trump's policies. So it's only natural that Donald Trump in his speech to these people would speak about somebody who is the most direct example of somebody who Donald Trump actually hurt. Donald Trump got Ashley Babbitt killed with his rhetoric, with his call to action. Yet, 
Ashley Babbitt was a proud MAGA soldier for Donald Trump, who seemed to happily die for Donald Trump. And her mother has followed in her footsteps of continuously defending Donald Trump when he should be the one that she is mad at. And she goes around Washington, D.C., Ashley Babbitt's mother, and she harasses uh, protesters of the insurrection. She, the other day, assaulted one of these protesters who was protesting against fascism, who was near her and she herself got arrested. It's it's really tragic and really sad that you could throw your life away for somebody who doesn't give a crap about you and you devote your entire life, your entire personality to somebody who got your daughter killed. Are you kidding me with that? You told me earlier about, uh, I still have to take a look at it, so maybe you can describe it for our viewers and listeners, a post by Rage Against the Machine that was anti-fascism, and then all of these blue check marks who are now these Elon Musk acolytes were all like, now you've become the machine because you're talking out against fascism. By the way, it didn't say like, screw Republicans. It didn't say like, we're anti-MAGA. Um, it said, what, Brett, like, we do not. What was the post that that made all of the modern day Republicans livid and saying that oh, rage against the machine? You are now the machine. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, but it was it basically said you know there's a German saying that if nine people are at a table and one Nazi sits down at the table and nobody protests and welcomes the Nazi in, that means there are ten Nazis sitting at the table. No mention of Republican. They're just the, this is anti-Nazi. Like it's strictly an anti-Nazi phrase that Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine posted, and the Republicans on the internet like freaked out. How could you? I thought you were raging against against the machine. It's because they've deluded themselves into thinking that they are these counterculture war warriors because they are hateful. They think that's being cool and counterculture and punk when that's not at all being cool and counterculture and punk. It just means that you're an asshole. It just means that you're a jerk. <laughs> like it, that's, that's all it means. And they are proudly showing who they are now. Donald Trump gave these people the, the, uh, the ability to just be the worst versions of themselves. And then online, somebody like Elon Musk gave them the ability for their voices to have more power than anyone else's voices. So you go to that Rage Against the Machine post here. I, I found it from Tom Morello. Uh, you know, it's everyone's just pissed here. What about, why don't you say the same thing about communists? Time to throw out all my Rage Against the Machine discs now. Like, you clearly didn't understand Rage Against the Machine and didn't actually listen to them or understand the lyrics if you think their post against Nazis is an attack on you. It says far more about you. There's no doubt about it. Also from the same event in Iowa. So one of Trump's strategies too is to the way he positions himself to like run against DeSantis. I, I don't even know what to like. It's just pure cult of personality, Donald Trump. Like there is not even like there, there is no position that he takes now other than just saying the opposite of what DeSantis says and then just whining about losing in 2020. So here, Donald <laughs> Trump turns against the, get this, he he says he, he doesn't like the term woke anymore. He doesn't think woke is a good term, but play, play this clip. It's gone sick. And I don't like the term woke because I hear woke, woke, woke. You know, it's like just a term that use half the people can't even define it. They don't know what it is. 
You're, the whole thing that you created was go after the woke, the woke this or the woke that. By the way, um, someone dug this up. The Trump store back in 2020 was selling woke merchandise as part of its outreach to black voters. They sold literally woke hats, woke black voices, shirts, and other shirts that just said that just said woke, woke on it. <laughs> Let's turn to this DeSantis event. I, I said earlier in Iowa, Brett, but you reminded me that he, he, they've been traveling all over, but this actually happened at a New Hampshire event. And this is Ron DeSantis having a, another outburst and lashing out at a reporter who asked him why he declined to take audience questions after his first event. So DeSantis spoke and then wouldn't take questions and then kind of walked around and was taking photos with people. But just watch how DeSantis just like loses it over the most basic question. Play this. Why not take any questions from voters, Governor? Governor, how come you're not taking questions from voters? Not coming up to me, talking to me. What are you talking about? I'm not here working with people. Are you, are you blind? What? Are you blind? I'm not blind. Okay, so people are coming up to me, talking to me, whatever they want to talk to me about. Are you blind? Are you are you blind? Yeah, his his, I, okay, his voice is horrible. Also, his, his very grating, very horrible. And he's like a petulant child. Like I think the DeSantis team thinks it has the same sort of impact that Trump acting like a jerk to the press did. But it, I mean, that was despicable in and of itself. But DeSantis doing it just it, it makes him seem just even tinier as a person. Just makes him seem incredible. These men been just far too emotional. To be in politics. Speaking about far too emotional. Okay, this follows a series of Ron DeSantis outbursts. Let's roll through a few of these kind of weird, bizarre, <laughs> cringy moments. Here, play this little montage we we made. Are you blind? What? Are you blind? I'm not blind. I'm not. I'm not a candidate. So we'll see if uh, if and when that changes. How would they know me? Okay, think about that. Do you honestly believe that's credible? So this is 20, 2006. I'm a junior officer. Do you honestly think that they would have remembered me from Adam? Of course not. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine. But this is a, this is ridiculous. But we're gonna do ballot harvesting. We're gonna do ballot harvesting. I'm doing it. Yes. I'm not gonna plug fight with one hand oh, behind my back. You're crazy. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Okay, don't this back down. The snotty, snotty rub. Santas. The no. Onto the shoulder of a supporter. It's such a good clip. That's such a freaking good montage that you create. Like it's really a plus work right there. And then there was that one moment too from earlier in the day where he's like, "I'm gonna do ballot harvesting." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna really do it. <laughs> what's what's I mean, going on with the dude? What's I mean, going on with this it's guy? It's bizarre behavior. Honestly, it's bizarre behavior. And I don't know if he has like some sort of social issues and anxiety when he's around people. I don't know if he just 
really has an extreme anger problem. The Trump folks I know, a lot of them are speculating that he's on Ozempic and that he has these Ozempic-induced rages. Rage. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, there are a lot of theories going around. I'm, I'm a little inclined to believe the Ozempic ray, honestly, because his whole look has changed and you see it like in his face. You can't obviously, uh, you know, see it if you're listening, but if you watch the clips, especially that clip uh, where he's talking about the ballot harvesting, I don't even know what to compare. He's almost like when Vince Vaughn gets really like mad in a movie and it's like funny because <laughs> it's like it's so over the top. Like DeSantis just continues to be clown himself everywhere he goes. And this guy thinks that he has what it takes to be president. And and he also, you know, like all of them, he's running on this platform of destruction. I'm going to destroy the left. I'm going to destroy the woke. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to what are you going to build for us? Are you what are you going to create? What kind of health care are you going to give us? What are you going to do for veterans? What are you going to do for unions? You don't want to talk about any of that because all your teachers are freaking leaving you because you're running them out of the state. Your your residents in Florida are fleeing the state because they're scared of the environment. Your businesses are removing billion dollar projects from your state because of your policies. But sure, go off on the woke. Go keep rubbing your schnot on your uh, supporters and uh, go into your ozempic induced rages or whatever the heck is going on there. I don't know what the hell is happening. You're such a lefty, man. You're such a you're such a liberal. <laughs> You, you you want to be compassionate about people, Brett? What a, what a lib! I know you, you, you want to make sure people can have better paying jobs and better working conditions and have health care. What a you're such a you're a you are a radical man, wokester. You are woke and you are so freaking radical. But look, I, I truly think though, piece by piece, if we just Stay steady. We keep sharing these messages. I do think the American people are starting to get it. I really do. Already, the pro-democracy coalition is far bigger than this MAGA Republican, whatever you want to call it, fascist, <laughs> idiocracy, thrift. But it is just so important, though, that we not lose sight. Like We need to call out that behavior, but also... Like, I don't think that we should in any way like mimic, like be a, our own version no. of that behavior. You know what I mean? Like where we have to still always be, no matter what names the MAGA extremists call us, is like we just got to remember they're trying to provoke us, right? All they're trying to do is what like Marjorie Taylor Greene does, like meh, meh. Oh, look, you reacted. <laughs> look, now I'm scared of you. Oh, like the whole thing is they're trying to poke and poke and poke to get a reaction and then just do a 30 second clip of you and portray you at like the worst moment and go, look, we're right. So all you got to do, make sure you just stay steady, compassionate. And I'm telling you, ultimately, compassion, intelligence is always going to win. And speaking about intelligence, how intelligently is special counsel Jack Smith running this investigation? I mean, it is one of the most diligent investigations that's taking place. It's the criminal investigation into what led to the January 6th insurrection, the insurrection itself, Donald Trump's other efforts at election interference, wire fraud, and then, of course, the investigation into Donald Trump's theft of thousands of government records. And one of the breaking news stories 
stories over the past 24 or 48 hours has been that special counsel Jack Smith has located. He's identified as part of his investigation an audio recording of Donald Trump back from July of 2021 when Trump was in Bedminster talking to individuals who were ghostwriting a book for Mark Meadows, like just two <laughs> random dudes, basically. And Trump was bragging to the random dudes who were asking him questions about Mark Milley, General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And, tr and Trump was like, well, I've got classified records. I can't show you because they're not declassified yet, but I got classified records that basically show the uh, war plans when it comes to Iran. And that's why- He was like holding them, like they, they heard him in the background of the recordings rustling like that. Like, he's like, I, I got a document. You know, they, they have no proof necessarily if it was a confidential uh, classified document that he was holding himself, but he was referencing the document as they heard paper rustling. Like this is, I, I mean, the worst thing for Trump is ever to get on a recording. And he far too often has been finding himself on these recordings in key situations, whether here or in Georgia, on the phone with Brad Raffensperger in that case. And Trump is somebody who notoriously stays away from having any sort of footprint on things. He doesn't use email. He doesn't use cell phone. Like he, he, He's notorious for not doing any of that. So once you get Trump's voice on a recording, I mean, that right there is a big deal and a smoking gun that just adds to a pile of smoking guns that Jack Smith already has. And it's clear at this point to me that indictments are are pretty imminent here in, in, in the documents case, at least. Well, the grand jury in the criminal investigation into Trump's theft of these government records and obstruction of justice, the last time they met was back on May 5th. So what is likely taking place right now is special counsel Jack Smith is writing up his recommendation for what a criminal indictment would look like. He has to then get permission from Merrick Garland, um, which I certainly expect him to get. That process just takes some time, but I think we will be seeing summer indictments on the case involving Donald Trump's theft of government records, thousands of them. And so what, what does Donald Trump's lawyer, I guess one of his remaining lawyers, and we'll talk more about this in a moment. Jim Trusty just goes, that's the name of Donald Trump's lawyer, uh, basically one of the remaining lawyers. Everyone else has either been resigned, resigned or fired. He goes on CNN, and, and what does he do? He blames the leak. I guess the one problem with that theory is Donald Trump's aide was the one who recorded it. It wasn't like secretly leaked and funneled through whatever. Donald Trump's aide, Margot Martin, I think is her name, who was one of Donald Trump's aides at the White House. She was the one who made the recording. There she is right there. She was at this meeting. Let's play this clip of Jim Trusty saying what's really fascinating about the leak. These tapes would indicate that former President Trump knew that the documents that he had were classified. Does that not make uh, his statements about blanket declassification and some statements by his representatives, wouldn't that make those lies? Yeah, I'm not going to dignify the DOJ leak. What I will tell you is this. It, when you are, but this I mean, is, it does this sound is addressing like you just your, don't want well, to address the substance. Well, it'd also be nice yeah. if you let me answer. So let me just try to answer because I am trying to be responsive, but I'm not going to bite on a leak campaign and try the case in the media. What I will tell you is there is no doubt that as commander in chief and when the president left Washington, D.C. for Mar-a-Lago, he was actually still president. When he left for Mar-a-Lago with boxes of documents that other people packed for him that he brought, 
He was the commander-in-chief. There is no doubt that he has the constitutional authority as commander-in-chief to declassify. It does not have to go through some sort of bureaucratic process to be declassified. But so, wouldn't it be very easy to simply prove that he just declassified them? Because even though he doesn't have to go through a process, he does have to decide that it's been done. Did sure. he tell anyone? Yes. And, yeah. and can you prove it? Sure. But we're not so going to try. Did he declassify this document that we're referring to? We're, we're not going to try the case leak by leak. What I can tell you is the leaks that come out, some of them are objectively false. Some of them lack I, context. But this is very significant. If you are saying that he <laughs> sure declassified the documents, you should be able to say whether this document had been declassified. I'm not trying my case for CNN. So you won't so, say? Of course not. You right. won't. And, and will you say in the court of law that he declassified this document? Well, if I'm in a court of law, I'll, I'll defend my client as I need to. I'm going to go on CNN, but I'm not going to answer the questions. I'm going to just totally lie to you. By the way, the whole declassification thing, though, is a red herring. I thought Abby Phillip asked some great questions there, and I think she did a really good job kind of pushing back. But I think the better question would have been, doesn't it not matter whether it was declassified or not? Aren't the crimes that are at issue independent of the classification status? The violation of the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, and concealment of mutilation, whether he classified or declassified, does not matter at all. What matters is that he stole the records for the Espionage Act, and perhaps he showed them to people that it shouldn't regardless of classification status one way or the other, and the obstruction of justice, that he obstructed justice in, in the process, that he tried to impede the investigation by the Department of Justice. That has nothing to do ultimately with the classification status. But then otherwise, everything that Jim Trustee said is 100% false right there. You don't automatically declassify things telepathically. That is simply not the case. And in my own view, it makes things significantly worse. It actually goes to Donald Trump's intent for the underlying crimes if he claims that he automatically declassified things. Because what he's admitting to is that he placed the lives of American assets abroad and at home in jeopardy by not telling them that he declassified the records. And now those records could be open to our enemies to find out things and to actually kill people. Like this isn't a funny game, right? The, the job of governing is not like, oh, oh, shucks, this is a leak. People die because of this. Lots of people can die because of this. This is a very serious matter. And if he declassified it, then why didn't he just publish it? If he truly declassified it, again, a total red herring, why would he tell the reporters who were at Bedminster at the time, hey, I could show it to you. Here it is. And also, Let's talk about Bedminster, right? That's where the meeting took place, not at Mar-a-Lago. It took place at Bedminster. And let's take a look at the timeline. So the meeting that I just discussed where this recording's from was July 2021. On May 6th of 2021, the National Archives first notified Donald Trump that high-profile presidential records were missing. On May 9th, 2021, Donald Trump takes a private plane from Palm Beach to Bedminster, packed with document boxes. This is caught on tape, folks. For our audio listeners, we have the video. We have a photo of the video of what took place on May 9th of 2021, when boxes were packed into Donald Trump's private jet and brought to Bedminster. So what is happening at Bedminster? 
We'll talk about that. But first, let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Zbiotics. Now, if you're like me, you've probably skipped a workout because of drinks the night before. Like, it happens. But if you're committed to your healthy routine, you need Zbiotics. Zbiotics Pre Alcohol Probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Now, I can't lie, after we hit 1 million subscribers, I may have partied a little bit too much that night. But luckily, I knew I had Zbiotics. Now, as instructed, I drank a bottle of Zbiotics before any alcohol, and I was amazed at just how good I felt the next day. Give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash Midas to get 15% off your first order when you use Midas at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, head to zbiotics.com slash Midas and use the code Midas at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, fastgrowingtrees.com. Breathe some life into your own backyard with fastgrowingtrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let fastgrowingtrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. Fastgrowingtrees.com's plant expert, they curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate, from Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home. Am I right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. Well, no problem. Because with fastgrowingtrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With fastgrowingtrees.com, you order online and your plants, they arrive at your door in just a few days. Now, I love fast growing trees because I found the Meyer lemon tree that I was looking for at a great price and you will too. And with fast growing trees, 30 day alive and thrive guarantee, you know, everything will look great fresh out of the box. Now join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Midas Touch now to get 15% off your entire order. That's 15% off your entire order at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Midas Touch. Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast and we are live. Special thanks to all of our sponsors who support our pro-democracy content and you you could check them out in the link below on our YouTube. Again, we have a very special surprise for all the Midas Mighty out there Ooh. at the end of the episode, something that I am so proud and excited to show you. So make sure you stick around to the end. So we're talking about Bedminster. And remember what happened two weeks ago. Donald Trump's lead lawyer in connection with special counsel Jack Smith's criminal investigation into Trump's theft of all of these records, someone by the name of Tim Parlatori resigned. 
And why did he say he resigned? He said he was doing a search of Bedminster, one that he told the DOJ that he was going to do, a, a voluntary search, but one that ultimately he told the DOJ in lieu of a search warrant being executed. And guess what he said? Sometimes some of this stuff is staring us in the face. He said that Donald Trump's other lawyer, Boris Epstein, obstructed, these were the words of Tim Parlatori, obstructed his ability to conduct the search at Bedminster. So I think special counsel Jack Smith already has the goods. He knows, I think, what's happened in Bedminster. There's also a tactic that's used with the FBI, which is if the FBI also did a search warrant at Bedminster, I think it would shut down the flow of information from Bedminster. But see, I think one of the things they have now and one of the things they have with surveillance footage as well is is Donald Trump still now hiding things at Bedminster now that he can no longer do so at Mar-a-Lago? They've already done a security assessment. They know the documents that are missing and they know where they are. And so I have a high degree of confidence that special counsel Jack Smith knows exactly what's in Bedminster. And when you think about executing a search warrant versus getting the information from other means, think about the difference as between using a hammer and like a scalpel surgical device, right? Not always do you want to use the hammer to bludgeon to get the information. Sometimes a surgical move gets you the same information. And so I think when we ultimately see an indictment, Bedminster will be prominently mentioned there. I wanted to show you some of these other clips of Jim Trusty on CNN. This was the interview with Abby Phillip, where Trump lawyer Jim Trusty on CNN with Abby Phillip said, officials could prove that Mr. Trump had declassified material, but when pressed on whether Trump had declassified the documents in question, well, here is what happened. Why would former President Trump have a document that uh, seems to pertain to military plans regarding a very significant U.S. adversary, have them in his possession and be discussing them with people who don't have an appropriate clearance, whether he declassified them or not. Why would he do that? You know what's really fascinating about the leak is DOJ is trying to justify this persecution <laughs> Skipped of over the, question. the current administration's leading opposition by saying, oh my God, he had these sensitive materials that he shouldn't have had. And then they leak to you guys vivid details of a document that they say is classified. I mean, it, you know, they can't have their cake yeah, I mean, and eat the, it too. To be fair, these are not vivid. These are not vivid. To be fair, this is these are not vivid details of the document. Trump is on the video describing the contents of this document to people, biographers of his former chief of staff. So he's the one doing the describing. You, you just did a piece with Caitlin that basically vouched for saying these are the details we're hearing, whether it's his description or actually seeing the document. What I'm telling you is I'm not trying the case in the media. I'm not going to sit here and address the document as if it's right or if that audio tape exists or as if it's not something that's really wrong. It's, this is persecutorial justice. I've been around DOJ for 27 years. I've never seen a leak campaign like this. Persecutorial justice. I mean... That Tim Parlatori leaving when he did, you know, I don't want to give him too much credit because he associated wise him. Decision. 
we will see if Jim Trusty lasts. It'll be interesting as part of Donald Trump's team. This is also another part of that interview with Abby Phillip where she asks a basic question like, why would Trump have a document that seems to pertain to military plans regarding a very significant... Is, is that that's that one? However, um, we do have uh, Caitlin Collins following up on the same thing, and you get the same exact answers from Jim Trusty, just being incredibly evasive. And just notice how he consistently tries to shift the conversation to the leak. It's about the leak. It's like a common GOP tactic to kind of deflect on something that's not even relevant to what's being discussed. You referenced the fact that Trump was still president when he left office. He left Washington, I think he had about an hour left in his presidency. Are you saying that it was in that hour that he declassified the documents that were taken with him? No, your, your timing is a little bit off. He, he landed in Mar-a-Lago and was at his residence while still president. It was a little bit after that that Biden was sworn in. So he, he had the absolute authority to take every one of those documents, any document he wants with him when he left the White House. What happens? throughout history, through modern history, is that if you take documents and archives thinks they're entitled to it, they start negotiating. And that's what he did. He was telling them things like, hey, just ask if you want anything more. He gave them 15 boxes in January of 2022. Well, after some back and forth, but just to be clear, you're making the argument right now that by the time he was on the ground in Florida, after he left Washington, that that is when he declassified all of these documents that he took with him. No, no, no. I'm saying that documents he brought with him are effectively declassified and personalized under the Presidential Record Act. We're talking about constitutional authority under the Constitution to declassify. If he wants to take stuff with him and say, anything I take with me is declassified, if he wants to take stuff and say, anything I read at night is declassified, that was absolutely his right as president. And the personal, the Presidential Records Act makes it clear that we don't even care about classified information. It is a statutory scheme but if this that was deals with presidential or personal only. Jim, if this was declassified, then why are we told that he's on this tape basically telling the people in the room that he can't share it with them? You are told by DOJ or FBI or whoever filtered that to you anything they can think of to justify no, but a persecution. But Jim, so, no, that's... Caitlin... I'm telling you, this is. They had rumors out yesterday. There's going to be one every day. <laughs> so, it's like, dude, they have, have Donald Trump saying that he's afraid to talk about a document because he knows it is declassified. Once again, I don't want to get bogged down in the declassified, classified part of it because that part of it is a red herring. But you see how the goalposts consistently move when you listen to these Trump lawyers. I mean, for a while it was, he didn't have any of the documents. He gave all the documents back. Oh, actually he had all the documents, but he has a full and complete right to have whatever documents that he wants. Then they invo evoke, invoke the uh, Presidential Records Act, which actually says the exact opposite of what they say the Presidential Records Act says. They continue to lie and double down. And that be, might be okay if you're going on CNN or if you're going on Fox or if you're going on Newsmax or if you're going on any one of these podcasts or whatever. But guess what? That kind of argument is not going to hold any sway in the court of law. And you could be sure that Jack Smith is watching this stuff and is just laughing. Like, this is the best just, you got. And I was just thinking about the timeline here because the search warrant was executed at Mar-a-Lago on August 8th of 2022. So we're not even a year since the search warrant was executed. And special counsel Jack Smith was not brought on until November 
of 2022, right? So about six to seven months ago. And I think sometimes we forget that about two to three months was also lost because of Judge Eileen Cannon. Everybody remember that name, the Trump Ah, appointed judge in the Southern District of Florida who like went against all of the law, accepted jurisdiction in the case that she never had jurisdiction to appoint a special master and she seized jurisdiction over the case involving the search warrant executed at Mar-a-Lago. That, by the way, did set things back like two or three months that you had a judge who did not follow the law who, like Jim Trustee, sacrificed her entire reputation for a complete fascist idiot in, in, in Donald Trump. I mean, and that's where Judge Eileen Cannon will always be remembered. You Google her now and you look up videos and it's all of our videos about her. <laughs> Legitimately, it's like you look up Judge Eileen Cannon, it's all of our videos all just destroying her and her she idiot. absolutely deserved it. Oh my gosh. But we at least called every step. I mean, the law was, you know, the law was not on her side. Brett, tell us about the deep red Florida Revolt, a very interesting Washington Post article indeed, talking about quite a remarkable thing that is going on there, I suppose, but a kind of counter movement, if you will, a reaction to the counter movement against normalcy. What's going on in Florida? Yeah, well, you have the Republican Party, and especially in Florida, as we've said, their whole thing is destruction. They want to destroy. And in their quest to destroy all that is woke, which they've at this point just made a blanket term for really a decency for anybody who's non-white or non-Christian, for anybody who treats others with respect and dignity. That's that's how they define who is woke these days. And the woke stuff is actually having a backlash. There was a study that we had read on this show a few months ago, I think at this point, that basically said the vo- voters aren't buying into the woke stuff. They're, they're, they're not. A lot of voters don't even understand what woke even means. And and the people that do actually view woke as a good thing. It's good to be in tune with societal uh, societal ills. It is good to want to better the country. It is good to want diversity and equality. These are positive attributes that have been celebrated throughout history. And what we're seeing in Florida is the results of a government that has pushed so far that even in deep red counties in Florida, people are standing up and they are saying, We have had enough of this authoritarianism, Ron DeSantis. So there was this incredible article in the Washington Post that I think you guys should read. It was a column by Greg Sargent, and it was about this revolt against the anti-woke policies in deep red Florida. The piece, for those who want to look it up, is called In a Deep Red Florida County, a student-teacher revolt shames the right. And they go on to say that there was a school board meeting in Hernando County, Florida. This happened on Tuesday night, and it featured teachers who were pointedly declaring that the right-wing attacks were driving them and their peers to quit their professions entirely. There were parents standing up on their behalf, there were students standing up on their behalf, and they were all demanding a halt to this hysteria 
caused by the far right, caused by these Republicans, by Ron DeSantis. And so I read the article. I thought it was incredibly inspiring to see that sort of resistance, even in such a deep red pocket of Florida. And then I was happy to finally see today some of the video clips surface from the event. So I'll play one of the video clips right now. This is from a social studies teacher named Victoria Hunt, who told the board, I have never seen such fear from my colleagues as I have seen in the past two months. I was recognized by this county as the district teacher of the year this year, an honor that I am incredibly grateful for. I attended school here in this county since the fourth grade, and I served on that board as a senior in high school. I have never seen such fear from my colleagues as I have seen in the last two months. There are 33 instructional resignations for approval tonight, double the amount at this time last year. And I know for a fact that number will only increase as the summer progresses. These numbers stem not from site-based leaders, not from classroom management issues. These numbers stem from teachers leaving the county, the state, or the profession altogether because of the culture that has been created in this district by certain members of the school board and members of this community. We couldn't recognize student achievements here tonight because of the political climate we're currently in. We have over 100 vacancies right now and more to come. I'd be lying if I didn't say that it was a nightly conversation with my husband about leaving my position. But I stay and I'll continue to stay. I have a son and I will have another soon and they both are my reason to be here tonight. I want my boys to have the same educational care that I had in this county, and that cannot happen if we drive out all of our wonderful teachers. And while Victoria said that she was going to stay, there are a lot of teachers who are leaving the profession. Florida right now is facing a historic teacher shortage in the state. They can't do the basic functions of governing because they are scaring away all the people who actually want to fill these positions, the people who are good at these jobs, because teachers are being penalized for the most basic of things like having books that may contain gay characters or showing movies that may contain gay characters. Even if that's not the through line of the movie, just showing the very existence of LGBTQ characters is enough to warrant punishments and investigations in the state of Florida. This was the county, by the way, went with Ron DeSantis by a 41-point margin. So not even close when you look at the makeup of the voters in this county. And you see this strong resistance out of there. It's actually the same county. I believe we showed this on the pod a couple of weeks ago where that fifth grade teacher, Jenna Barbie, she showed the Disney movie Strange World. And she ended up resigning, I believe, as a teacher. And the Florida Department of Education is investigating her for saying that showing this movie, Strange World by Disney, that featured a gay character is possibly a criminal offense. That's that's what they're going with, and they are investigating with her. But it's not only the teachers. You have the students standing up as well. You had a student uh, rise to the podium and saying, you're alienating us, and you are denying our very existence. When taking this position, you accepted the responsibility to represent every single student fairly and justly. I do not feel you have done that. Instead of representing me and other LGBTQ plus students, because yes, we exist, you instead, you instead have alienated and made us feel as if our entire existence is an issue to you. My existence should not be an issue to you. But come next election season, my vote will be. Powerful. Powerful. I mean, at the end of the day, it's basic freedom. 
It's basic decency. And that should never be weaponized into this political issue like Republicans are doing today. That's why when I see people refer to a lot of these issues, especially when it concerns people's lives, especially when it concerns the LGBTQ community, especially when it concerns issues of racial justice, and I see them positioned as, oh, that's just the Republicans firing up their culture war issues again. I go, these are human lives that we're dealing with here. These are civil rights issues. This is basic decency and humanity. Don't give them the cover of, oh, they're just gearing up their culture wars again. There are lives on the other end. And that student is absolutely right. They are trying to deny the very existence of certain people in the state. And in fact, they are driving them out of the state. I know people who have left Florida, people in the LGBTQ community who have left Florida because they simply feel unsafe in the state, not only because of the policies, but because of the anger that these policies stoke, the anger that people like Ron DeSantis stoke amongst the people in Florida to just be outright disgusting towards other people and to express this hate in such a vicious way that they really do make it a toxic environment for anybody who's not straight and white. It's really disgusting. It's the antithesis of freedom and what America stands for, what we should all be fighting for. And here's the thing about Florida. It is an incredibly beautiful place. And it has so many incredible people there that, frankly, a stuffed animal would do a better job than Ron DeSantis right now. The effects of what Ron DeSantis is doing is going to be felt. It, it starts being felt, you know, because he's undoing a state that can function pretty good, you know, on, on, on its own. And what will inevitably happen, because this is right out of their playbook, is when things start to collapse and then you maybe get a Democratic governor the next time around as Ron DeSantis completely humiliates himself. And I think people are going to want to pivot, you know, in, in the state of Florida. People forget also how close the vote was. Um, the last time. And we're already seeing signs of it with like a Democratic uh, candidate winning the mayoral race in Jacksonville, even though she was uh, out fundraised by like six to one. Um, so then they'll basically blame the Democrat for all the problems that they created when now you have to fix their problems and take these issues seriously. And, you know, if, if, if you don't test right? If you don't count, if you don't focus on the issues and you claim they don't exist, that's like right out of the MAGA Republican playbook. But if you actually want to look at the data and look at the situations and see the problems, that's why you need serious people governing. And it's why you need politicians who take their job seriously. This is, this is serious, serious business here. And the modern day Republican party is not a serious party. All right. Now it is time to show you the surprise that I have been waiting for all episode long. Brett, Midas Mighty, we now have the Midas Mighty Anthem. A song that was created by one of the members of the Midas Mighty and a contributor on the Midas Touch Network, Tennessee Brando, who is just an incredibly talented country singer, country musician. He did an incredible anthem that is now and will be the official Midas Mighty anthem. It is being released 
from our newly created Midas Touch record. So this is available on Spotify, iTunes, uh, TikTok, wherever you can download music. You Apple can now music, download Apple Music, Google Play, Apple music. Amazon, wherever you get your Google music Play, right Apple now. If you look music, up I'm a Midas Mighty Anthem. <laughs> I, I know. You could still buy it on iTunes. By the way, that's how a lot of these folks like the the Target boycott dude gets his stuff to the top of the charts because nobody really buys songs on iTunes. So you just need a very small amount of people to actually buy it. So if you want to support and buy the song on iTunes, you can buy the Midas Mighty Anthem on iTunes as well. But yeah, you could find but, the but song. Download it. Look, download it on Apple Music. Download it wherever. We're going to play for you the song. I want to get your feedback to it. So without further ado, this is the Midas Mighty Anthem by Tennessee Brando, playing, debuting for the first time here on the Midas Touch podcast. Let's play it.
Tennessee Brando, everybody. The Midas Mighty Anthem. That song makes me so happy. We're going to have to incorporate it, I think, as like an intro to the pod, an outro to the pod. I think it's going to be a great addition, and I want all the Midas Mighty to be super proud. Blast it. Take that, J6 Choir. Take (laughs) that. Take that. Like we said, you could download the Midas Mighty Anthem right now. It's available anywhere you find music, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Music. And thanks for letting us share uh, that special song. We're we're super, we're super, super excited. We're going to have to do a video. You know, we're going to have to have some sort of music video, lyric video, you know, montage of some Midas Mighty fans. We got to, we got to cook something up, but I wanted to make sure that people saw the song or heard the song uh, right here first on the Midas Touch podcast. Thank you, Tennessee Brando. Incredible song. And again, you could download it right now. Just search the Midas Mighty Anthem. It's by Tennessee Brando. It's all loaded on all of the devices. Also in the description of the podcast right now, if you have Apple Music or Spotify, links right in the description. It'll take you right to it. And share it with friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, whoever. Thank you all so much for watching this episode of the Midas Touch podcast with Ben Micellis and Brent Micellis. Jordy was off today, as I said, must be nice. Everybody check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear out there. And we've got the great Pride Month collection as well. Check out store.midastouch.com. Also, if you want to help support this podcast, no pressure if you can't, but become a member of our Patreon, patreon.com slash Touch. We will be holding a Zoom meeting with all of our patrons coming up very, very, very soon. So make sure you join our Patreon right now and you can meet us, ask us questions. Um, and we're going to be setting that for the next week or so. So get ready to do that. And if you haven't joined Patreon, if you can join it, you'll get to meet us and it helps support and grow this network. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Want to thank everybody for watching uh, this, whether you watched it on YouTube or listened on audio. Make sure you subscribe to both audio listeners. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Midas Touch, Midas Touch YouTube viewers. Check out our audio channel, the Midas Touch podcast, wherever you download, wherever podcasts are available. And we will see you next time on the Midas Touch podcast. I guess I'll say, do you want to say it? We'll say it at the same time. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Mighty. We've got pride. Do you? We're celebrating Pride Month with a brand new collection of tanks, v-necks, and more. Go to store.midastouch.com right now and grab yours. Oh, and don't forget that koozie.